doesn't sound like a show opening up. To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos, the new big three And if the pins ain't from them, don't bring them to me Cause I go off like a rocket launcher Man, I just ate the beat, I'm a real monster I can hear the crowd chanting MVP That's my mantra, here's a standing on For the opinionated bench warmers Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 78. The opinionated Benchwarmers are back with the NBA edition, special edition in a weird 2021 season that is to happen starting on December 22nd. We're almost a week away from live NBA action. We've already had preseason action. I got my brothers in here to discuss. Of course, as always, the voice you're hearing is Rob. I got Los in here with me. And Ramon, as always, fellas, one of our favorites, I think we could collectively say this is our favorite sport. So let's discuss it. Let's get into it, man. But first off, how y'all feeling? Feeling good, man. I mean, I'm excited, man. We finally got to see this new team, new NBA, you know, in a short and off season. I'm just ready to see some basketball, even though I felt like we just saw basketball. <laughs> right. Like you said, man, it, it's a crazy feeling because we were just watching it. But to have it back so soon, I mean, I couldn't ask for anything better. You know, like you said, it's our favorite sport, uh, the one we really, really get into. So I'm ready to get to talking about it, man. I don't have to delay too much more. Let's just go, man. Well, we saw with the NBA, they had, I mean, the NFL, they had a, a very uh, injury riddled season to their superstars. Uh, it's been a, it was a unique season without a preseason, without camp and all and now we're seeing the same thing with the nba in 2021 uh with a with a very abbreviated like you mentioned i mean the season just ended in october and we're getting right back kicked off in december uh just the outlook of the league are you expecting a lot of injuries off out the gate this year i hope not and i'm not i don't want to i don't want to be the one to i guess prognosticate that because i don't want anyone to get hurt but the reality of it is that the reps aren't there uh, and it and it is a quick layover for teams, especially that went deep and made deep playoff runs. So, what are y'all implications, and what do y'all see? What do y'all think y'all see the first couple of weeks of the league? So, I think we we're gonna get a you know a uh, league where players and teams are gonna be smarter this year. I don't necessarily think we're gonna see more injuries because you know we gotta remember that a lot of these teams will kick out of the bubble pretty quickly, and a lot of the teams didn't make the cut um, to um, go to the bubble. Um, so um, it could be interesting to see, but I think a lot of teams are going to be smart and when it comes to managing minutes, when it comes to, you know, back-to-back games, if they have that, or, you know, playing so many nights, so many games and so many nights that we may miss out on a lot of the stars, you know, as they kind of take that break. We probably won't see a full, um, you know, teams fully playing their rosters, um, for a week straight, probably not until like February, March time frame, just to give these players time's body to heal and um, get ready for the full season, especially if you have playoff implications. 
Yeah, uh, I completely agree with Lois on that point. Uh, I believe that, honestly, for a lot of teams that, you know, more so have depth, it's going to be extremely important. They're going to have pretty much an advantage if you have a deeper team because I believe, like Lowe said, you're going to see minutes spread out. You're going to see, you know, teams spread out, how they're playing stars. You know, we've already been seeing kind of how they're doing preseason-wise, kind of having different rotations, you know, only playing certain stars certain nights. And so I believe that it will give those star players and a lot of players in the league a chance to ramp up um, because it's just not going to be a heavy demand. People are going to be focused. You know, they know that these are their investments. So owners, GMs, all that. Coaches are going to be, you know, really invested in figuring out what's going to be the right uh, timing of playing players, how to play them on back-to-backs, how to set up their rotations. Um, so I think that there's the possibility but I think that they will more so manage it a little bit better probably in the NBA, so. Well, you saw the league implemented actually rules uh, and implications of resting players. No player superstar, if they're not injured, they cannot rest on a back-to-back if their back-to-back game is a primetime game. So I think that I want to really peg this rule, the Kawhi Leonard rule, (laughs) because we see Kawhi, a lot of times was taking nights off and uh, it was untimely, not for himself, but it was more so untimely for fans and the league in general, not being able to see that superstar play in those huge games. I, I'm like y'all guys. I do feel like there will be a lot of resting. I feel like there'll be a lot of nagging quote unquote hamstring and, you know, nagging knee soreness type injuries on the report to get these superstars some rest. I, I don't expect, uh, full full speed to be done um, in the first half of this season. I think in the second half, you'll see guys start to pick it up after the All-Star break, which I think we see this version of the NBA every year, uh, to be honest with you. But I think it'll be more so highlighted where guys are taking this first half of the season off and then the second half, they get, get it into gear. Uh, what is the start of the NBA season without drama? <laughs> We saw Kyrie beginning starting off this season saying that he would not be speaking to the media. Uh, more so recently, after, after you hit his recording, of course, he did break his silence on yesterday and spoke to the media. Uh, but, you know, in so many words, he went on social media say he will not speak to pawns or whatever that meant. Uh, I mean, I do have to, you know, also say that he came back and said he wasn't speaking, talking about the media. But who else was he talking to, clearly? Uh, Kyrie is in his feelings. Uh, I, I, uh, we, we see that a lot. I, I've been a big fan of Kyrie for some years because of his talent, but it just seems to me just his interactions with the, with the media and, and everything. I think that he's brought it upon himself. When he said the world is flat, I mean, what do you expect the media to do as far as reacting to it? When you come out and say, you know, you let it leak out that you don't no longer want to play with LeBron James, the biggest player in the world, what do you expect when you say things like he said on KD's podcast where he finally got a guy that can make shots down the stretch? You know, what do you expect? I mean, he it seems like he constantly brings these things up on himself, and then when the media gets to him and comment on it, then I think that he starts to get in his feelings. And I think he's a person that really can't take the pressure that comes with uh, being openly spoken or outspoken. But we see this a lot with KD as well. I mean, what do you make out of this, man? And, and do you think Kyrie will be friendly to the media going forward? Do you think he was just trying to prove a point up front? Uh, I would say jumping into it, man, because, you know, for the longest too, I've been a Kyrie guy. And y'all know I've come to Kyrie's defense kind of a lot. 
Um, but it's to the point that I really can't defend him really anymore in, in the way that he speaks out. And like you said, to me, it's one of those things. All right, you're a public figure. Not only are you a public figure, but you're one of the star players in the league. Whatever you say, the media is going to take something and, and, and run with it. And when, like you're saying, too, it's not always that they're making stuff up with Kyrie. They're literally just regurgitating what he just said. And then, you know, the public starts to have a certain view of it. Then he's saying the media doing this. They saying that. Like, they literally just saying the words that Kyrie is saying at this point. And so, honestly, like, I believe that I can't see that he's ever going to be completely nice with the media. I feel that he's going to be – it's almost going to be kind of like a bipolar type situation. You don't know which Kyrie you're going to get in the moment. I think he's going to have moments where he speaks cerebrally and he's kind of cool, calm, and collected. Then he's going to have moments that he doesn't want to deal with them. Or if the Nets start going on this losing streak or start struggling or rumors start having being said that they've got some internal turmoil, he's going to have issues with that type of stuff. So I think we see it. The writing is on the wall at this point. It's never going to be a situation where Kyrie is completely cool with the media. But at this point, I can no longer defend him. Y'all know I've defended him in the past, but I really can't defend it at this point anymore. I think we're going to see this all year just with KD and, and you know, just with KD in general because, like, KD is another one. I hate to call a man sensitive, but they are two of the most sensitive players in the league, and it doesn't, it doesn't seem like they like uh, criticism. But I, I think that Brooklyn, I mean, Stephen A alluded to this point that you go to one of the media capitals of the league and then expect the media not to mess with you. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I, I'm, I just think that it's just the beginning of the end. But, I mean, a back-end question, since we're doing the NBA preview, though, uh, outside of Kyrie, Kyrie and KD, how do you think Kyrie and KD will mesh? Oh. Uh, I, I think that they're going to mesh well, honestly, uh, because if you look at it throughout the duration, the course of their careers, when they, you know, had success, you know, KD played with a seemingly ball-dominant guard and, of course, Russell Westbrook, he played with a, a different, you know, number one type guard in, in, Seth, in Steph Curry, but he's always had kind of that lead guard with him. You look at Kyrie and you look at some of his – best success of course was in Cleveland when he had that small forward that wing that dominant wing that he can play with so they play with of course not the exact version of, of who each of them are but they play with similar styles and both of them man they can just go get buckets and we saw a little bit in their initial preseason action so I think that it'll work honestly yeah I'm in agreement with him um it's um they, they they're too talented to not make it work you know it's not like they they aren't like top 10 players in the league, you know, along they arguably probably the one of the best duos, if not, you know, number two, you know, cause we know who number one is, but. Uh, I like how you, you know, slid I, that I in right there. I think a way to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll find a way to make it work and, um, you know, end up being one of those top three seeds. Um, it's going to take time for them to really mesh, um, you know, when they get into these game situations, like every team who's taking that last shot, you know, those type of questions, you know, it's going to take time for that because they both, I'm sure, want to be that guy. And they both have came big, came up big in those type of situations. But I think all that will smooth itself out over time. And it'll be interesting to see how that comes and how that plays out. I'm in agreement with y'all. I do. I know we're getting into our ranking, preseason rankings a little late in the podcast, but I do have them as a three seed, um, mainly because uh, 
But we saw Karis LeVert in the bubble. We saw Spencer Dinwiddie before he went down. And, um, I mean, they, they got some talented guys. Joe Harris is a knockdown shooter. Uh, Jared Allen is a great center. Um, as far as rebounding the ball and uh, defending the cup, he's one of the best in the league, underrated looking-wise. So they are a really, really well-built roster. And I think that KD, his capability of being able to play off the ball and preferring to play off of, off of the ball, I think that that will make it work in general. It ain't like where you got a Westbrook and a Harden where they both have to have the ball in their hands to be effective. And then I think that also with KD being clutch and Kyrie being clutch down the stretch, I mean, pick your poison as a, as a defensive defending team. So I, I do think that it'll work. And then on top of that, those guys are best friends, and they talk all the time. So, I mean, that, that always helps them. It's like our podcast. We're best friends. That's why we got the best sports podcast in the world because we right. have great chemistry, and we're best friends. So, right, yeah. right. <laughs> All right, so moving on. So we're going to move on to the big-time drummer, your boy, James Harden. Your boy, James Harden, has been stirring up a mess in Houston. It's been an ongoing feud. Uh, last week, a couple weeks, it was Lil Baby's. It was Lil Baby's birthday. The rapper, Atlanta rapper, Lil Baby's birthday. He found James Harden in a strip club with a bunch of people throwing money in the middle of a pandemic. Might I add, not giving, not giving any care. With the next next night being that he's supposed to report to camp, and he was a no show. Now, since we've recorded this, of course, he has showed up. But I want to talk about Coach Silas, Stephen Silas. This is his first year as the Houston Rockets coach, and his superstar player has not had not had sh- was uh, reluctant to show up to camp. And then you hear the trade rumors with James Harden. We're gonna dissect it all with James Harden being rumored to be on the pursuit to try to push his way to either Brooklyn or Philly or one of those contending teams. And it hasn't transpired yet, uh, but because Houston is not gonna give him away for chump change. Uh, and and then James Harden has two years left on his contract, so it's not like he has the leverage that AD or Paul George had at that at that moment. But I want to talk about Stephen Silas. Um, I think I have I, I actually was able to pull up a clip from a week from today, actually, where he discussed James Harden when he had yet to show up for camp, and I found that clip interesting. And then that just kind of alludes if you've been paying attention to the whole story, and you guys have of how Coach Silas have reacted to the trade rumors with James Harden and as well as his commitment to the team. So I just want to play this for y'all. And then I want to get y'all thoughts on this, uh, on these thoughts that uh, Coach Silas said about this question. Uh, Just a second. Let me, let me try to pull it up. Let me see. Let me see what I got here. Is my sound good? Mic check. (laughs) Ones and twos, huh? Further clarification on when James will be joining you, either for individual workouts or for participation with the team. And uh, what kind of a setback is it, given the schedule for this year's training camp, uh, to have somebody that important not taking part? Uh, yeah, as far as timetable, uh, there is no timetable as far as I know. Um, and it is a setback. You know, you want your best player to be here. And um, there is a short window, as you've alluded to. As I said yesterday, we're working as if this is the 6th to the 23rd. So there is some time, but 
you know, it is a setback. I mean, I, yeah, I have to be honest and, and, and understand that this is a setback, not having one of the best players in the NBA here. But I'm working with the guys who are here, and we're working hard, and we're doing a good job. All right, guys, you hear uh, the head coach of a NBA franchise saying that it is a setback, that his superstar has yet to show up to camp. And that was last week. Again, I reiterate, this was last week when James Harden hadn't shown up. The rumors are being uh, really, uh, you know, heightened at that point, and he's not a, a no-show. So it just seems like he's holding out. Since then, James Harden has showed up. But at this point, with a coach saying that, and to that point, with a coach saying, the head coach saying that it is a setback, what are y'all thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, there's no other way to put it. You know, the best player on that team that has, you know, changed their my 40% of their roster over, you know, and your best player is not there, you know, it's going to cause chemistry issues, you know, those type of things that you should be working with. You're installing a new system with this coach, you know. That is a setback in itself, you know, so – I agree with the coach, you know, but let's keep it real. You know, like with James, he don't want to be there. You know what I'm saying? If, I think if James had it his way, he'll be on another team right now. But things that make that difficult right now is no one really wanted to trade for that contract. You know, no one really want, and he wants to go to a contender. He has these list of teams that he wants to go to. The Rockers is looking like looking at it like, hey, if you're gonna, we're going to trade our superstar player. We want a superstar player back. These teams are looking at it like hey Brooklyn I'm not giving up Kyrie you know you know they just they really never got to see what him and KD can do you know and so they obviously want KD or Kyrie in that type of deal then you look at a team like the Heat you know who are the Heat really going to give up you know besides a, a young player and picks maybe you know I don't think the Rockers are in a place where they want to rebuild the team necessarily so and then you look at a team like the Bucks right the Bucks have who else besides outside of Giannis and, you know, a player that they just brung over to make Giannis happy to give up, you know, and Drew Holiday, you know. So I don't really see scenarios. Obviously, the only one that really makes sense is the 76ers, and, and that's if the 76ers give up Ben Simmons because that experiment may be towards the end of, um, end of, end of the experiment in itself. So I look at the situation, it's just interesting. I, I think it is chemistry. I think he has to get in there because again, you already got a ball dominant player and John Wall, you have, you know, obviously Boogie Cousins coming over. You have all these new pieces on this team that are gonna be a big part of it. You have to start playing with these players before the season starts. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, the same thing pretty much as you said, but I think too, even with James Harden's situation, like. I don't know where he's really going to find too much of a better situation than what he currently has. Like with these other teams that are contenders, they have to shake up things in order to make it possible to acquire him. So then you're not going to that same contender as they're put together at this point. But then also too, I don't think that he really has, like we think of like the AD situation. Like I don't think he has that same type of leverage. First of all, from what you mentioned, Rob, having the two years on the contract, but then also, too, AD had the point of the Lakers having cap space that would have been available for AD to sign there. 
these contenders that James Harden are, is mentioning right now, these aren't teams that's just going to have cap space sitting there when James Harden becomes a free agent. So you don't have that same threat there. So then you're going to cause the market to really basically drop and suppress for what they can get. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously at some point we probably all believe that he'll find his way out of there, but I don't really know if it's going to work out the way that he's thinking it's going to work out. And I don't really think his situation is as bad as he thinks it is. Like, I know you mentioned, you know, John Wall being that ball dominant guard, but John Wall didn't look to me too bad in his preseason debut. I thought Boogie Cousins looked pretty decent. You know, they brought Christian Wood over there. As both of y'all already mentioned, they're changing really the philosophy of that team and not doing it, you know, exactly just exclusive small ball and just focusing on analytics. So if James Harden really can kind of change his style of play and change who he is, there could be something that could be pretty decent there. You know, would they ultimately be that true contender that's up there with the Lakers and who not? And maybe he's looking in his mind like, I can't beat that team, so I might as well go. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I don't really see it, how the grass is going to totally be greener for him because I can't see how he truly finds his way to one of those contenders where they don't have to give up too much to get him. What is there to say about James? I think that since he's gotten there in Houston, they've done everything in their power to surround him with the talent that he needs to make it happen. And at this point, I don't feel, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't feel like Houston has pushed him out. I don't even think it's the same situation with AD because in New Orleans, I said, he was there for seven years and they absolutely did nothing to get him there. I think that when Daryl Morey was there, he did push all his chips in the table when he got Dwight Howard and Dwight Howard's crime. Uh, when he brought over was Russell Westbrook in in recent years, um, but he's done a lot. He, he you know he's he's done a lot to 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 make a case to make him to elevate him. And it doesn't seem like it, it seems like if James Harden hard and mind was set on winning, it would be like a Dame, Damian Lillard situation to where, like you said, Ramon, he would adjust his game to cater to the roster that's built around him. And I'm pretty sure if James was to vocalize like a, like a LeBron to, to the front office of who he would like to play with, I'm sure they would do it. But it just seems like, to me, from the outside looking in, it seems like there's a disconnect between James and the front office. And I think that that's where your problem lies. But I don't think it's this is all on the Rockets' front office. They got yeah. rid of your, the coach that you had an issue with, and they got rid of the, of, of the president of operation. They brought in a new coach. They, they are cleaning room and they're building everything. They sold out on James Harden. They brought in players that they could surround James and cater to his game. And I don't, I don't know what else they could do. I think James is just being – I don't know. I think he's being spoiled. I don't think he has that winning mentality like a Damian Lillard or even a LeBron James. I don't think he has that in him. I don't think he cares enough. Yeah, no, I'm in agreement with that. And I think you touched on it and you think about – like you mentioned the players that he brought in and one that you didn't mention was Chris Paul. They also brought in Chris Paul as well to play with him. But what, like you asked the question, what does that say about James Harden? You brought in Dwight Howard. They didn't get along. They had problems. You brought in Chris Paul. They didn't get along. They had problems. You had brought in Westbrook. They didn't enjoy being on the same floor with each other. You know, the coach got out of jump ship and got out of there. What does that really say about James Harden, you know, and his personality? I know, some people say he doesn't take accountability for his mistakes and things like that. You know, that's been rumored. But, you know, again, what does that say about him as a player if all these players are like, all right, I'm out, you know, oh, I don't want to be in this situation. Or, you know, he can't find 
a, a situation to click in and be successful in. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, like you talked about, man, his, his style just doesn't attribute to winning at this point. He has to change something. We know the late great Kobe Bryant said it. He said that that style of play is not going to win you championships. So if James Harden truly wants to win, then he's going to have to change that style of play no matter what happens, whether he opens the season and he's playing with the Rockets, whether he gets his way. At the end of the day, he's also going to have to look in the mirror. He's not going to be able to just point fingers and say, y'all didn't get it done for me because like both of y'all said, they brought in talent. But at the end of the day, he's going to have to look at James Harden and say, okay, what do I have to do now to be a winner, to be a champion? Like I'm claiming that I want to be. And, you know, so we'll see how it turns out. But Well, let's get down to the nitty gritty, guys. They, they want to hear it. They want to hear it from us. Does James Harden in this 2021 season in a Rockets uniform? Or do y'all see him elsewhere? And if you do think that he'll end up elsewhere, where do you think he'll land? I think he'll be a Rockets all, all, all season. I don't think he – there's no situation that's going to present itself. And by – if – I'll just play the game. I think he's going to be a Rocket, but I'll play the game. If it does happen, <laughs> he's going to end up in Philly. Man, that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. Um, I would say he's – I would say he's going to get moved. Um but I, I really – I can't say where he's going to get moved because I feel like it's going to be one of those wild card type teams. Like, I feel like it's going to be like an OKC – not that he goes to OKC, but I'm saying a Paul George OKC type situation where a team takes a chance because at the end of the day, they can still flip him for assets the next year. So if it's me and if it's a team that, hey, I need to, to sell, you know, tickets or I need to do this and that, I'm taking a chance. You know, I might have them for a year. You know, but at the end of the day, I can still use him as an asset to flip him where he wants to go in the next season. So um, I think it'll be kind of more of a wild card type of situation. I don't see how one of the top teams totally get it done. But I think that I think that he won't be in the Rockets. I think I, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, I think that he. <laughs> I think that he. I think that he will. I, I think he'll be moved. Uh, just with history says that he'll be moved. I think that ultimately franchises look at a superstar. If they don't want to be there, ultimately they move them. I don't see, I think, I don't know who's in that Rockets front office, but, or how they feel. Uh, but I know that they're going to make sure that they get something in return. If he does end up in another uniform, I, I like him in Miami. I think Miami has a lot of young assets that they could kind of trade. Uh, I think that Tyler Hero would have to be a part of that package, definitely, and a lot of and a slew of picks. I feel as though what Houston has done, which I think is smart, is that they have built a foundation just in case Harton does elect to leave. And in a John Wall who's still fairly young and is in his prime, can be built around. So, I mean, they can rely on that backup plan. So, I think that he, if he does end up in another uniform, I think it'll be a Heat uniform, and you could see how Jimmy and uh, James work. All right, so let's move on, guys. Let's get to the fun part. We want to get into these Eastern. Let's start off with the Eastern Conference. We'll do the Western Conference in a minute. Let's do our Eastern Conference preseason rankings. Where do you rank these squads starting from one to eight, making the playoffs? 
Do y'all want to have fun and start from eight and work our way to one, or start from one and work our way down? Eight to one, it's cool. Start off with eight. All right, all right. I'll start it off then. I'll start off. My eighth team, eighth ranked team, the preseason ranking is the Bulls. I know that. I know that I'm getting a lot of crazy looks right now. Uh, I looked at their roster, and I am quite impressed on what I see on it. Uh, I think that uh, the, the rookie marketing, marketing. Sorry if I'm butchering his name, um, but I think that he he takes another step. I think he had a great rookie year that uh, last year, and I think that um, Zach Levine has been a good cornerstone. If he can stay healthy, which he has, he's shown what he can do as far as taking another step. They got Kobe White over there. I like. I really like their roster. I think the glue that makes it makes it stick is Billy Donovan. You got a new coach over there, a new system. I think that he get these boys rolling and they squeak their ways. They squeak their way into the playoffs as that A seed in the Eastern Conference Finals. I guess I, I take it next then. Take it next at eight, or you want? Yeah, everybody's you want say, a, my A seed. Yeah, everybody's okay. A seed. Okay, got you. I, at my eight seed, I have the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I think that Atlanta has done a lot to improve that team over the offseason. We already see that they have that foundational piece in Trey Young. That's one of the best young players in the league. You add on to Trey Young and you go get um, Bogdanovich. Uh, you also add Gallinari to that team in the offseason. But then also, too, you know, they made the move for Capella during the season. I think that that'll pay off this year. So when you're looking at a lineup of Capella, you still have Collins over there. You got Bogdanovich, Gallinari, Trey Young. Still some additional young talent in the, you know, your RJ Hunters of the world and your Cam Reddishes. Uh, so I think that they're going to be a really good, young, fun team. Um, I have them as my eight seed. I agree, I'm in agreement with Ramon on that. I would go with Atlanta, especially with them adding Rondo with the playoff experience. All they got to do is get there, and I think they got a chance with Rondo. All right, moving on to that seventh seed. Uh, the seventh, I got the Wizards. Um, it's no way you can count out Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. I, I think that that's a superstar uh, tandem that is gonna gonna hold solid. And they also drafted that that foreigner. He looked pretty good in preseason. I don't I can't pronounce his name. I don't know, but uh, he he's he's a good he's a good star. So I I think that that team has a lot of uh, they got Thomas Bryant who was a Laker over yeah. there that 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 really came along last year as a center. Uh, so I mean I think that that they have a, they have enough to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. I agree with you, man. As my seventh seed, I also had a Washington Wizards. And one thing I know that we give Russ a lot of heat, but honestly, two guards still play well beside him. Paul George had one of his best seasons, was an MVP candidate next to him. James Harden still got his numbers next to him. So I still think Bradley Bill will be able to do what he needs to do next to him. So I agree with you, seventh seed. Uh, I got the Pacers as my seventh seed just because they're a young team. You know, we look at what Victor Oladipo did, you know, uh, obviously he was coming off an injury. I think a full, you know, year cycle of him really getting healthy um, is going to, we're going to see those flashes that we saw before he got hurt with that team, you know, and obviously them adding um, shooters on that team. Um, I believe, uh, um, you know, Malcolm Brodden being on that team, um, I'm not sure. Did Miles Turner leave that team? Is he still? Nah, team? Miles is Miles is still um, there, I believe. Yeah, Miles Turner and then Sabonis. He came on 
pretty pretty heavily, and he had his talent in, before he got hurt in the bubble. So, um, you know, I think they have enough to squeak into that seven seed. Not saying that, you know, obviously we're looking at the east side where, you know, they make they make the playoffs being under 500. So. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to six. Uh, number six, I got uh, Philadelphia 76ers. And I know that it, it seems kind of low with where they've been uh, previous years. They've added Doc Rivers. Uh, they, you know, of course, they got uh, <laughs> they got Daryl Moore in their front office to get some more analytical recruitment. And, uh, and you know, they, they got uh, your boy MB there. Uh, they didn't do much this offseason as far as offseason moves, uh, big, big, huge moves. But I, I think that they that's where they that's where I think they'll belong there. Um, I think that the, this probably is going to be the last year of the um, of the Bill, Ben Simmons uh, Embiid uh, project. I think if Doc can't get this to work, no one can. So I think that but I got him at the six seed uh, lower than where they've been in previous years. But uh, I think that a lot of teams in the East has gotten better. And I think that Philly has stayed stagnant. Yeah, this is where I got the Wizards plenty. You guys kind of pretty much covered them, but I have the Wizards as that six seed um, as a projection. Um, for me at that six spot, I have the Toronto Raptors. And I know it may sound crazy based upon how they played the last couple of years. Right. But I think when you lose uh, Marcus All and lose also Serge Ibaka in the that's same offseason, yeah. I think that that's big for them as far as, you know, they're playing the post. I feel like they have, you know, other teams that you've mentioned that have gotten better over there on that side. I don't think that them being six means that they're going to be so low win total. I think that the you know wins will be pretty close, but I just think with that what they lost this offseason to me is why I feel like they take a step back and I have them at six. I like it. I got them at five. So we both are on the same page. I think that they've slipped for the reasons that you just said. So I'm not gonna repeat what you just said. I'll move on to Los on that fifth. What's your fifth there, Los? I think Los is talking to us on mute. <laughs> My <laughs> he was giving us a good point. He was spitting balls, boy. He was spitting balls. He was moving his hands. Like, he was going in, boy. Go ahead, Los. <laughs> my bad. My bad, fellas. But um, I really, at that at that fifth seed, I really went back and forth with this because, again, I think this is when it gets a little tougher once we get towards the top. Um, anybody's Anybody's place. But um, I had I, I end up settling on Toronto as well um, for all the things that is kind of you guys mentioned. Um, I think that they're just a veteran team that's going to still a top five seed. You know, in the East is still nothing to really laugh about. I still think that veteran leadership and them just being there to the hot, top of this mountain with they're still having a lot of their core players, them being Van Fleet back and having Powell there and obviously having Lowry there. I think they still and then. Uh, on on Bobby, how do you say his yeah, name? Yeah, he, he, he took a step back. He took yeah. a step forward in the in the bubble. He was very impressive, right? Uh, I, I, but I think when the tough gets going, uh, I mentioned this with uh, oh, what's his name? Um, uh, yeah, I know what I'm talking about the forward that took off, averaged 20 points. Are we talking about Pascal Siakam? Pascal, Pascal was a shell of himself when the playoffs came. And that was concerning to me. But the guy that Los just mentioned, Ananobi. Ananobi. 
Ananobi. I was close. OG Ananobi. He took a nice step forward. So they have a, a nice roster, but I, I like it. Now, this is where it gets interesting. We're in the top four. And I want to mention that I don't think any of you guys have half. Uh, have y'all said Philly yet? I didn't say my five C. Oh, I didn't say yeah, my five. He didn't five say his yet. five. Yeah. You you did you? Low C. Go ahead. Go ahead. The Raptors at five. I have the Celtics actually at five. What? Um, yeah. What? Reason, I'm gonna tell you why I have the Celtics at five. Um, I feel like the Celtics, first of all, to me, when I saw them playoff basketball wise, I didn't feel that they was had as much depth um, as really they needed. But also, I do think that even though they played a while without them. They did lose Gordon Hayward for nothing. No signing trade. Like, he walked out of the door for nothing. You know, I also believe that, I mean, you brought in Tristan Thompson, okay. But when I just look at those teams that are at the top of the East, you know, I, I fifth seed is where I have them pegged. I believe that there are four definitively better teams than the Celtics. So, oh, have you said Philly yet? They're going to be in my fourth spot. <laughs> but, oh, my goodness. And Lowe's. Yeah. It, we got four teams left here, man. And y'all hadn't said that means y'all leaving a major. We gonna have a problem when we get to the top. Cause I don't think Lowe said Philly yet either. I didn't. I didn't say Philly. That's yet. crazy, man. That this is crazy. All <laughs> right, let's keep going. So number four, I got the Heat. Uh, I think that re-signing Bam was huge. Uh, they did lose Jay Crowder, which you, which was pretty big for me, but they did gain Avery Bradley, which for us was was pretty good, unless they end up in a bubble in the playoffs again because he'll be useless because he'll opt out. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think that the Heat, they are a tough team, but ultimately I look at their roster and uh, the intangibles and the coaching, it's not on the roster, but if you look at their roster compared to the teams that's above that I have above them, I think that you got three more talented teams in that Eastern Conference than them. But I never count them out. And plus, I think that a team like them, like I said um, during the podcast, during the bubble, is that a team like the Heat benefits from a bubble-type atmosphere because they're tough, they're, they're, defend, they're defensively good, they rebound, they do all the stuff that that people don't want to do. And that's why they win, and they're well-coached. But I got the Heat at four. Yeah, I just wanted to come in. I know Ramon mentioned in his last part about Gordon Hayward. The Celtics were able to pull off a t- sign and trade on him. It was just a, a trade exception. So I just wanted to. Put oh, that trade. Out there. Okay. Um, and then for my four, that's where I kind I got my Philly at that point. Um, I got Philly at my four. Um, I still think they have enough talent to be that four C. Um, and I, I, I mean, again, I know we know Doc Rivers is overrated, but I think he's going to have that refresh feeling for that team, you know, a new voice, you know, where they're going to play motivated the first couple years under him, not saying they're going to win anything, but I think that his, his, that new voice that comes in that locker room is going to be motivating for that, those young players. So I think to get them to that four seat. Yeah. And I think the one key point to me for Philly too, is what they did was they actually got floor spacing in this off season. You got Seth Curry, that when you look at over probably, I think, the last four or five years in the league, his combined three-point percentage, he leads the league over the last, like, four or five years, if you go and look at it, uh, at shooting at around 45%, a little bit over 44%. Um, so you go there, you have floor spacing. Even though we know Danny Green, the up and downs, of course, are being Lakers fans, but that's still another floor spacer. You still have to account for him. 
And that's what you need when you have guys like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And what people don't realize, people say a lot about Ben and Joel Embiid not playing well together. But what I will say is that if you look about, I think it was like two years ago, they really, they actually led the league in net rating of two players playing together. But what they started to do is start acquire players that didn't really fit around them. And that's where the problem started to come in. So I think when you add that floor spacing and you still have a guy like Tobias Harris as well, that's why I have them at that four seat. Okay. Are we ready to do enter into the top three? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number three, I got the Brooklyn Nets. Do I have to say it? KD, Kyrie. I mentioned it earlier. I don't, I'm not going to go into it. Joe Harris, Jared Allen. I mean, what is there more to say? The only reason I even got him at three and not one is just because I have to see how KD and Kyrie look post-injury. So far in the preseason, they look like themselves, but I want to see them in, in real action before I'm able to elevate them to that number one spot. Nice. Okay, I'll go ahead with my number three, I guess. Uh, my number three, the Miami Heat, defending Eastern Conference champs. I feel like Ty Tyler Hero takes another step forward. Uh, Jimmy, we saw Jimmy take a step forward, honestly, in the bubble. Uh, I think Bam will be better. I just think that they're a group that's coming back. They're hard-nosed. They're tough. And I think they're going to be even better. And like you mentioned, the addition of Avery Bradley. So I got him at three. Yeah, so I'm looking at my standings now. And uh, it's not looking pretty for somebody. <laughs> when we look at the top three. We still got Miami. I still got Miami, Brooklyn, Celtics, and Milwaukee left. I only got three spots left. So That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, what is going on? What did I miss here? Wait a minute. For me. See, I think, I, I, yeah. I think when, I at, when I looked at the standings, I think I looked at these preseason standings, and I don't think – Celtics have played yet and so that's why I think they were overlooked where I mean but to carry on with it you know I'm gonna go with Miami at three as well for my standings is what I had written down all right so we'll move on to number two I got the Bucks at number two uh Giannis Dury Free just signed that big old 228 million dollar five-year contract so I think that that is it 28 or 22 Ramon I think it's 28 28, 28, 28. Ooh, a lot of money, $44 million a year. <laughs> Man, biggest contract in NBA history. But I think the addition of Drew Holiday is huge. Uh, also, what's underrated is uh, DJ Augustine. He, in the bubble again, at, with the Orlando Magic with that AC, he played that uh, that Markel's Fultz backup point guard role very, very well in the bubble. I think that's a very underrated um underrated uh signing for them but i think that they uh, they did a lot the bucks did a lot to to surround him with more guard play they they let go of drew bledsoe and and, and was able to add a guy like drew, drew. bledsoe eric eric <laughs> <laughs> eric bledsoe do do <laughs> i pulled the lows man <laughs> but they had a eric bledsoe i mean they let go of eric bledsoe and added a drew holiday who i think is the best perimeter defender in the league at the point guard position. So, and Andrew can score. So you, you added another score to this tandem of, of Chris Middleton and, and, and uh, Greek Freak. I, I, I like what they did, and that's why I got him at that number two spot. Yeah, I got Brooklyn at the number two spot. I just think they 
they're going to be a talented team to get these wins. And I think they're both players that have something that set out, you know, majority of last year, they have something to, to, to prove to the league, you know, especially KD, you know, coming back, you know, off of what we saw his injuries in the finals um, as they lost to Toronto and um, in Oakland. So I got them at, uh, at, at two, um, getting to that two seed. Yeah. I have the same. I have Brooklyn at that two seed. And y'all have already talked about KD, Kyrie, mentioned others, man. But Karis LeVert is the truth, bro. Karis LeVert yeah, is. Uh, so I have him at that two spot. We can move on. All right. Number one. Number one. Number one. I got the Celtics, man. I, I like what they did. Unlike you, Ramon, you didn't feel like Tristan Thompson was a big deal. But when you can rely on a Tristan Thompson as opposed to a Daniel Tice, I think that that's an upgrade there. And I think that that's the only position where you could debatably say that they struggled at is that center position. Even though Daniel is very, very extremely serviceable. But I think we had a Tristan Thompson who who is pedigree and what he's done in the previous year with Cleveland during their championship years, it, it's written in stone. They got better at that position. And I think that them re-signing, um, I think that uh, Jason Tatum re-signing him with a five-year 195 uh, contract, I think that that says a lot about how they feel about him, and I intend, and I think that he's hungrier after his uh after his ball bounce off of the playoffs, and I think he comes even better this year than last year. So, and then I think that uh, again, Kimball Walker is going to be his second year with this team, second season in the system, uh, get a full season of work. I think that he he will take a step forward. And then of course you got Jalen Brown, so in market sport. I think they're a good team. I don't think that um, them losing – and like you said, Ramon, I don't think them losing um, – what's his guy? Gordon what's Hayward. It? Gordon Hayward will be that big of a deal because Gordon Hayward stayed injured a lot too. So um, I, I like Boston as the number one team going into this season. Interesting. So I actually got Boston Celtics missing the playoffs. Um, <laughs> Clearly. Now, we, hey, we can fix this post-pod. No, I can make, I can we, can, we can put a graphic this. out there for yeah. everybody to see. We'll fix this post-pod for you, bro. Yeah, we got to fix this. No, yeah. it's okay. No, it's okay. I can make a case for them missing the playoffs. No, they're not going to miss the playoffs. <laughs> they're not going to miss the playoffs. No, seriously, though, but I know you mentioned your boy, um, Kimber Walker. He is going to start the year um, missing the first part of the season. He may not come back till January. So that is a case where he's not going to play. He, he is. They are missing Gordon that's Hayward. That's in a few weeks. Huh? That's in a few weeks. Well, no, they said they're going to reassess him in January. It doesn't oh, okay. mean he's play in January. So, again, he him not playing. Um, and, you know, obviously the pieces that they did lose, like you said, Gordon Hayward, he, you said he didn't get that much playing time, but they're going to be a much thinner team. Um, and so you look at that, those reasons – you know, I think they're a team that could be fighting for a playoff spot. I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs, but they could be a team that could be fighting for a playoff spot. Um, That's a hot take, bro. That's so crazy. <laughs> I, appreciate the way you, I appreciate the way that you put that one together, Lowe's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me a number one seed, Lowe's. Uh, Milwaukee is my number one seed. Okay. Again, I think, they, I think they've gotten better over the offseason. Um, and you guys talked about it as you, you guys covered them. But I think they are a regular season team. You know, you look at what they do every year, the last two years, they are a team that get dubbed in the regular season. And I don't see that changing, especially when you add a defensive minor player like Drew Holiday on that team. Um, you know, not to say Eric Blesser wasn't that, but Drew Holiday is that plus offensive game. So I think they got better. 
um, overall. And I think that they're going to be a team that's going to get that number one seed again, you know, unless obviously, you know, God forbid some type of injury happened, but I think they will be that number one seed again. Yeah. I don't have anything to add to that. Y'all have already covered the Bucks. They're my number one seed over there. So I can't believe Lopes didn't, didn't put the Celtics in, the, in his, in his rankings. That is crazy. <laughs> All right, man. So let's move on to the Western Conference, man. We got the Western Conference. We all know how we feel about that number one rankings. I select one of us just to speak on the Lakers because we'll go on wait, and on and on. Wait, so, so we going opposite? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, okay. damn. I messed it up. Oh, so I guess we go, I guess we go on number uh, – No, we can still go eight to one. Nah. Eight to one we probably one. should start at one this time just to kind of make sure so, so, ain't nobody following. Okay, no threat. glitches. All right, we'll go one. We'll no, go one. man, no. We can't. <laughs> we got to be don't consistent. want nobody to fall through the Yeah, you know, we got to be consistent. Let's start at eight. We got the Suns. I got the Suns at number eight with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and uh, Aiden. I think that DeAndre Aiden, I think that that's going to be – Chris Paul being added is going to be the match. We saw what Chris Paul did in the bubble with the Thunder and uh, Shy SGA and and um, I should know his name because he's a Laker now. Yeah, Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder, what he did and the run that they made in the playoffs, surprising people. I think that CP3's veteran prop, veteran presence will will get the Suns into that AC. Yeah, I got the Pelicans as the AC. Um, I think they're going to be a team that they had the young talent. They just couldn't get – they had everything lined up for them to get that AC. They just were young and just did not perform. I think they come back a year, another year with the most improved player in Brandon Ingram. And then, you know, obviously they say they're not – they're taking the training wheels off of Zion. So I think with all those pieces, those young pieces they have over there, obviously they lost Drew Holiday. But with those young pieces over there now getting that plan, I think they find a way to sneak into that AC. Yeah, this one was a tough one for me, the Western Conference period. But this one was tough because I went back and forth between the Pelicans, as Los has mentioned, and the Jazz as the team that I actually selected. So I put the Utah Jazz at this eight spot. Um, because, oh, wow. Yeah. That low? Yeah. You, you, you're going to hear as I as I go through my rankings, they just are my rankings. But um, <laughs> the, U, the Utah Jazz, once again, too. Um, I'm really focused, especially on teams, too, with more depth um, in this year based upon the way that I think the season's going to play out. I think that the Utah Jazz are very dependent on um, on Donovan Mitchell um, and then also what Rudy can do. So I, I'm not really sold as much on their depth, but I still think that they're one of the top teams, uh, top eight teams out there. So it went between them and the Pelicans, but I still have to see Zion be able to actually play a year uh, before I can just, you know, predict that they're going to get it done. So I have the Jazz at the eighth spot. All right. So I'm at a big – I was being really, really dramatic, Ramon, because my seventh seed is the Jazz. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my, <laughs> oh my goodness. And it's for the reasons that you mentioned, uh, the death uh, of that team. I, I don't – you know, they're another one of those teams where an offseason has went by. You see a lot of teams making moves to elevate themselves, and the Jazz don't seem like they – made enough moves. So I got the Jazz right there. Yeah, I got the uh, Spurs at seven. I think, you know, this is the what? first time. I know that sounds crazy. This is the first time. The play, this year was the first time the Spurs missed the, the playoffs in the last 20 years. I think, you True. know, your boy Popovich finds a way to get his team Popovich. back. Find a way to get his team back on course to um, get back in the playoffs to so that seven seed. You know, and they still got talent there. You know, let's not forget about Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan. 
those guys still, I think, will find a way to get the, the team to the seventh seed. Um, in my seventh spot, basically, Rob and I flipped seven and eight. I have a, a Phoenix Suns at that seventh spot. Really big Devin Booker fan. As you already talked about, CP3, what he can do, DeAndre Ayton. I like that team, where they're going, believe in Chris Paul's leadership. So that's my seventh seed. All right, number six, I got those troubled Rockets at number six. You got a talented John Wall and a, and a James Harden uh, team. And I just ultimately feel like when you got two stars like that, they will figure it out. They got Boogie there who's going to come along as well. So I like the Rockets at six. It's no way I can not have them in, a, in the playoffs. But, you know, I, I like the Rockets at number six. Wow. Um, I got the Jazz at the sixth spot, that team that you guys kind of – had lower. I got the Jazz. Um, I think they still have a lot of talent on that team. I still like Rudy, and I still like, you know, Donovan Mitchell, who's gotten paid this offseason. So I think they are going to be that sixth seed, um, which is not that high of a seed, but I think they will get there um, in the playoffs. All right, um, moving right along. Well, oh, you had something? Oh, my bad, Ramon. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not, no. <laughs> my bad, bro. You good, you good. At the sixth spot, I have the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I – you know, that team, they were very mm. talented last year. I think they finished around kind of that same seed. Um, only thing is the issue is with Porzingis' health, but I have them at that sixth spot. Ramon, I feel like you cheated and looked at my rankings, even though we don't live in the same city at all. Because <laughs> I got the uh, – at number, at number five, I got the I got the Mavs. And okay. it's for the, for the reasons that you mentioned. They did lose Seth Curry, which I feel like was a big deal. Um, but ultimately, Luca, he's he's gonna eventually be our league MVP, and he's super super talented. Um, the question mark is Parzingis and his health with that team, but I think they're well coached. I think they'll figure it out. They have the pieces. I like them at five. Yeah, and for my five team, I got the Portland Trailblazers making it. Um, what? At five? Why is that crazy? Whoa. <laughs> Rob has just missed a sound bite today. Whoa. Every time somebody <laughs> says something. What? <laughs> Playoffs? No, man. I, I think I, they, I'm just tired of y'all year to year disrespecting the Blazers and Damian Lillard. But go on. Yeah, I got him as the – well, you think he's going to be higher than the fifth seed? That's why you said what? Watch my rankings. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Watch Christ. my rankings, too. <laughs> this is, you got to remember, again, <laughs> <laughs> you got to remember, again, this was a team that barely made into the playoffs last year and played the Lakers. They were fighting for a playoff spot they made the, They made some moves. They did make some moves, but I don't think that pushed them into the top three with these or top four, whatever you All got right, going. Carry Five on. is my spot for Portland Trail. Not, not okay. the Kendrick Perkins carry on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so go ahead. What's your fifth seed? No, my fifth seed um, is actually the Golden State Warriors. I think that they'll uh, get in oh, there. Oh, I need to redo my yeah. kids. I forgot I about they, going to state. I think that they'll get in there. I believe in, what's, in what Steph is going to do and come back. Everybody, of course, knocks them out because of the situation, the injury with Clay. But if Clay were there, pretty much everybody would have had them as a top three seed probably in the West, probably a top two. And the thing about it, I like what they did in bringing in Kelly Oubre. Uh, Kelly Oubre is a very underrated player that not enough people talk about He's in the league. He's gotten better. He's I gotten think, better. I think Andrew Wiggins will be a solid piece for them. I believe you bringing in Wiseman, who's going to be one of the top rookies out there. 
Draymond will get back to his natural position of being able to just create for others and not be dependent on being that star guy. And so um, that's why I believe that they'll be in there and I got them at my five spot. Can I do an honorable mention? I think, yeah. they, they, I think nah, they're man, I do the same thing with the Celtics. <laughs> right. Go through your ranking. Go through your ranking. Fair enough. All right, so number four, I got the Clippers. Uh, I don't – you know, I think they have declined. I think uh, them losing Montreal Harris was huge uh, to us. Um, losing him was, was, was a big deal. And um, I, I think that, you know, a coaching change will be there. I think that ultimately, I, like I said a couple podcasts ago, I do feel like there's some underlying tension between Paul George and uh, Kawhi. And it's been heightened because Paul George has just signed that huge contract. And I don't – I feel like after the playoffs, his performance in the playoffs this year, it wasn't earned. So we'll see. We'll see. But I got them ultimately at four because they are a talented team and they are deep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got the Dallas Mavericks at four. Again, it's all – my decision before was all based on if Kristoff Przingis can get back and get healthy, healthy, you know. And obviously, if he's able to get back and healthy, we saw what that team can do. Um, you know, I think this was a team that could have beat the Clippers if they were healthy during that time. They really pushed the Clippers to the brink during the playoffs in the bubble. So, um, I think, you know, if he's able to come back healthy, I think they will hit stride and be able to pick up that fourth seed. Um, they're, they're just a good, well-ran team, you know, like you said, with the future MVP on that team. Um, at that fourth spot, I this is tough. My top – my two through four were all very close, but at that fourth spot, I have the Denver Nuggets. Um, I think that that loss of Jeremy Grant will show up. Uh, with this team, I feel like that was a, a, a very big piece that they lost. They still have a ton of talent. Like I said, those rankings, two through four, to me, are going to be super close, but that's who I have in my four spot. All right. Uh, that leads us to getting into these top three teams, guys. I'm going to go ahead and light the world on fire and light the pot on fire. Let's at number it. three, I got the Portland Trailblazers at the rankings. I guarantee it. I guarantee it that they will be the third seed. I like what they did in the offseason. We all saw what Dame is about. <laughs> I like I really, really like uh, C.J. McCullum, of course. But they got Nurkic, who, has, who was a beast in the playoffs, guys. And I think Nurk will take another step forward. Uh, I, I mean, how can, you, how can you count Dame out after his performance last year? Um, I, I, they're, they're well coached. I just like it. Um, I just like I like that team, man. I like them at the number three team. They got Melo in there. They was able to add Ennis Cantor, who can uh, be a, a, a viable option. You know, Harry Giles was talked about uh, in, in, in past times of being big time. So I, I, they get Rodney Hood back. And we all know what Rodney Hood was doing before he had that gruesome injury. So, I mean, I, I like the Blazers, man. I like them at number three. If they can stay healthy, I, I think that they will be in it, in my top three. Did you just say Harry Giles as a selling point, bro? Like, come on, man. <laughs> Harry Giles. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, if you would have said Robert Covington, I'm like, yeah, okay. You yeah. know, yeah, Robert. <laughs> Him Harry too. Giles. I know. <laughs> Harry Giles. Him too, man. In the league, man. Like, come on, man. But, all, right, all, right. Man, all right. I was just joking around when I said Harry Giles. But I, I do think that they, you know, Robert Covington is a huge – 
piece of what they've done to to add some more perimeter scoring and you know with Nurk and I think Ennis Cantor are the highlights of what they what they what they have on that squad and um I think that it, I think they're a good team bro I really do yeah yeah I think they're a good team too I just think because the West is so tough you know I don't know if they're going to be able I don't think they're a good enough team to be top three good enough you know what I'm saying top five okay but top three that's just my opinion but I move on to my three. My three is Clippers. Um, I think that team is another talented team. And I think they're a team that's, you know, they know that the scope is on them. I think that the league has humbled them. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was kind of like, oh, they talking all this big talk. I think now that they're humbled, I think that they still, again, this is a team that was number two. Let's not forget they were still number two seed going into the playoffs last year. But I think, you know, they, the Nuggets, are a better team because they still have a lot of their pieces from last year. Yes, they missed Grant, but I think this is a year that Michael Porter steps up. You know, I think Michael Porter split time with Grant last year, but I think Michael Porter could have had a bigger role down the stretch. But he was a young guy, you know, uh, a, a senior rookie, you know, really. But I think Michael Porter really steps up with that team. And then you got to remember that they were missing a lot of their guys. You know, um, the, a lot of wing defenders missed a lot of big chunk of the playoffs for, for that team. Um, and I think now they're going to get back to it. Gary Harris um, and Will Barton. Those two guys missed a big chunk of the playoffs. And I think now they're going to get back into the swing of things. And he was, he can be that key guy, that defender, that uh, what Grant was um, on that team. So I think they still sneak as that number two seed. I, I know I gave you two there, but. <laughs> yeah, right. The two for one special right there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be real quick on my number three team. I actually had the same number three team as Rob, the Portland Trail Blazers. He already yes. covered it. Uh, yes. I was, was going to lead with Harry Giles, just like he led with Harry Giles what? as well. I'm just, <laughs> what? I'm just playing. But they are my number They are my number three team as well for everything they did in Harry the offseason. No, I, it I was, was a kidding. joke, man. I, I was joking. Great. Like, <laughs> joking, man. Of course, I don't feel like Harry Giles is a cornerstone. I was just yeah. playing. Yeah, but, but nothing to really add. You already covered them. Portland number three for me as well. Okay, number two, I got the Nugs. <laughs> the Denver Nugs, man, an extremely talented team. I think that it's going to be predicated on Jamal Murray. I expect him to take another step forward after what I saw in the bubble and his back and forth with Donovan Mitchell was nothing short of special. I'm so old, guys. And, of course, we got the Joker, one of the most talented passing big men that we have in this league. And I, I like them a lot. I think that they will take another step forward. They're well, very another team that's very well coached. I got them at number two. Yeah, that was my two as well. I already covered them. Yeah, and I have uh, the Clippers at two for a lot of the same reasons that Los had them at three. Uh, they are a very talented team. But what I will say, they did at least address one of their weaknesses to me in the offseason, which was post-defense and going and getting Serge Ibaka. They still don't have, to me, that true playmaker or true leader. And so I think that that's going to be a thing that could potentially hinder them at a certain point. But the talent is there, and so that's why I got them at two. All right, that leaves our unanimous number Who's one won? team. Yeah, Who's right. one? <laughs> the Los Angeles Lakers, I think we can collectively agree. Our 2020 <laughs> NBA championship Lakers are our number one collectively. We could go on and on. I'm not going to bark up on it. If you guys want to do it, y'all can. One of y'all guys. We can Lose, you far. can take it, Los. Los, you take, you take it away. Tell them why yeah. our LA Lakers are number one. 
Yeah, so I think they're number one. I mean, you look at the pieces that they have. This team has gotten better. Maybe not better defensively. You know, we lost two of our bigs that were rim protectors, and we were playing that big ball um, with, you know, obviously McGee and Dwight Howard. But, you know, we added, we added, like you guys remember mentioned earlier, we mentioned Harrell. We added, added Harrell, and we added Mark Gasol, which is going to be dangerous in his passing game. It's going to, you know, as you mentioned, as the Joker being one of the better passings in the league, Gasol is right there in that conversation with him as being one of the big big men that can pass the ball. I think that's going to work wonders for us. Um, and, you know, and I'll add this little small part to it. I think, you know, we're going to contend for that number one seed. But in this type of year, you know, who knows how this year is going to end. I don't think the Lakers really necessarily care about the number one seed. And what I mean by that is they know that the grind and what it's going to take. And, you know, and so I wouldn't be surprised the Lakers finish this like three or two or something like that. They don't necessarily care about that. They're going to rest their players. They know they have a talent. They know in a seven-game series that a team can't beat them. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers take off some games and stuff like that and we drop some games and the world jump all over us, you know, type of thing. And, you know, we still end up being that team in the finals at the end. Just wanted to add that part. That was well-spoken. And that's why we made, we let one of us go because either one of us would have had, you know. So I don't have nothing to add to that. That was perfect, Los. Uh, so let's move on. So we got we, we spent a lot of time on the rankings. So we basically did the outlook of the preseason rankings of the, of the teams. But now let's get into some individual accolades, guys. Uh, starting off with rookie of the year uh, projections. Um, Ramon, go ahead and lead it off. I, I, I let off the, the rankings, so I'll let you lead off the accolades. Okay. Uh, so for rookie of the year, for me, this was another one that was super close. But I'm going to have to go ahead and go with LaMelo Ball. Uh, I feel that he's going to be showtime over there in uh, Charlotte. I feel that, you know, of course, his shot needs – Even though work, he didn't score a I single feel, point in his preseason debut. <laughs> yeah, right. But I feel he, he still – he rebounded the ball well. He was still passing it well. I feel like there's so many different things to his game. Um, and so that's why he's my rookie of the year. Um, and I'll let y'all, you know, go ahead and take it from him. Yeah. So, you know, I think – Here's the thing. You know how I hyped up your boy Anthony Edwards as being like the next Dwayne Wade, right? So I cannot say he won't be the rookie of the year after saying a statement like that. <laughs> but I think what's going to happen, though, is LaMelo's going to steal that sports center headline because of those passes, those flashes, passes, and things like that. And being, you know, and then obviously your boy Edwards being in a, a place like Minnesota, which is a smaller market. Charlotte is as well. But again, LaMelo's on the Jordan brand, you know, Jordan-led team type of thing. He's going to steal those headlines. And so I think for that reason, you know, he's going to be one that's seen more and things like that, those flashy passes. And, you know, um, it's going to get him, give him the popular vote uh, when it comes to rookie of the year. I still think Anthony Edwards is going to be a better player and probably have better stats towards the end of the year. So who you you kind of straddled the fence there? So who you got rookie of the year, man? <laughs> Lamelo. I'm gonna go. Right? I'm gonna go with Lamelo. Okay. Um, okay. I'm being smart. All right. Yeah. So I'm gonna be a little diverse here. I'm gonna go with um. I'm gonna go with uh, James Wiseman. Um. The reason being is I think that this this award is predicated on how much your team is gonna be relying on you, and I think that's the same reason as to why y'all pick Lamelo because he's gonna be he's the basically the number one guy there. Uh, as far as, you know, because James, you know, Hayward is not there. LaMelo is the number one guy in Charlotte. But I think in, in, in Golden State in years past, if, if it sounds crazy to say what has been 
Golden State's only weakness, and that has been down low in their center play. It has been mediocre at best there. They, they've had role players in that position, but now you've got a guy that can create on his own, that can go get his bucket, that can score, that has a skill set. So for that reason, and with especially with Clay being out, I think that they will have to be a little reliant on James Wiseman right now. So that's why I feel like James Wiseman will take that rookie of the year award. And just right quick, just quick sleeper. Obi Toppin is a sleeper. I'm yeah, just I think throw that so out too. Obi Toppin so is a sleeper too. for that. Yeah, award. I think so too. I agree. In, from the New York Knicks. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on. We got the defensive player of the year. We'll kick us off, Ramon. Uh, defensive player of the year, I got Anthony Davis. Uh, he should have won it this year, in my opinion. I think that he'll make his mark uh, this upcoming year and he'll get that defensive player of the year. Um, even too, as, as Los mentioned, some of the rim protection, he's going to have to even do more this year with JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard not being there. So I think that's even going to cause even the block numbers to go up when he was already third in the league last year in blocks. And so AD is the guy there for me. I'm going to make it quick. I'm with you. I agree. Yep, I'm with him as well. All right, let's move on. All right, so we got the most improved player, guys. We got the most improved player. Kick us off, Ramon. Uh, I'm going to go with someone Los mentioned a little bit earlier and Michael Porter Jr. Uh, I think but good news since we spent such less time on the deepest player, Los, you can, yeah, Los, you, you go ahead and take MPJ. Both I said, y'all, man. I said it, but you go ahead and take your, your explanation. <laughs> no, yeah, I was going to go Porter as well, just because of Grant being out now and that team is going to have to rely on. Porter Moore, and we've seen flashes of him being special during the bubble where he showed up like, okay, this guy can play. He can compete with anybody. And I think I like his attitude. You know, he's a, you know, he's not, he has an attitude of he's not for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like his, his, the way he talks, the way he acts, but he is confident in himself, you know, and I think that type of mindset is what put those great players. He wants to guard. He mentioned it came out. He said he wants to guard the best player on the other team. You know what I'm saying? And so saying that type of stuff, and putting up the numbers, you know, and showing the flashes that he did last year in the playoffs and now getting more playing, playing time on top of that, I think he takes that step forward where we're looking at him like, okay, this guy can do it. You know, this guy can be in that MVP conversation. Yeah, you covered it. All right, man. So for most improved player, I got is DeAndre Ayton. And mainly I feel like his – Statue of most improved will be attached to the addition of CP3. You saw how excited in the in the news conference he was in speaking about Chris Paul and how much respect he has for him. If you look at Chris Paul's past record and you look at him and his big man that's attached to him, they have did numbers. And you know whether he was in whether Chris Paul was in LA, whether it was with with David West in New Orleans, maybe before many of our listeners' time. Uh, CP3 works well with talented big men. And you look at without him, I mean, DeAndre Aiden had 18 and uh, he averaged 18. And what what was his rebounds? Like, I think it was a double-double, was it? Yep, 18 and 11. 18 and 11 last year. So I expect them numbers to soar up. I, I I like I really like Aiden to get their most improved. I think his numbers will will, will uh, show it, and, and especially if they make a playoff run, they're gonna need him to improve. So I got him there. Um, so I don't think there is there any other award that we need to discuss. Coach, coach, y'all want to do coach, coach of the year? Uh, did we do MVP? That's last. Yeah, oh, that's last. Yeah, we, we didn't do six man either. Okay, let's do six man. 
Six man. Six man, then coach of the year, then executive year, then MVP. Okay, okay. I'll lead off six man. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm going to take it. It's, it's going to be the Lou Will Award again. Uh, I think that the Clippers are going to need him even more since they don't have that scoring punch of Harold coming off the bench. Uh, so I got Lou Will getting that award again. Yeah, um, this is a tough one. I mean, I still think the Lakers, because of how much we're going to rest players and things like that. I think we we we. I'm gonna give that mug to Kuz this year, man. I'm gonna give it to my guy Kuz. Wow, that bro, you're full take, of high takes today. Take. You full of high takes, boy. <laughs> you full of high takes today. Okay, all right. So Kuz, uh, uh I don't know, man. I, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with, with Ramon, man. I think I, I I agree with for the reasons he he said. I, I'm gonna go with him and uh, Lou Will. I'm gonna go with Lou Will. We can uh move on to uh, Coach of the Year, man. Coach of the Year. That's a that's a big big award there. Well, here I got that. Uh, Coach of the Year. Um, I think it's going to be based on the team that surprises the most. It's always like that type of team, you know. Um, and so when I look at the landscape and I look at the rankings, you know, of what team is really going to surprise the most, I think, you know, you got to look at a team like, um, oh, man, I, I went back and forth with these teams, but I, I think you got to look at a team like the Pelicans, right? I think the Pelicans is a team that's going to compete there, but I think you go back with Atlanta, Atlanta's coach, you know, I think as a young team, I think they're going to get into the playoffs. And I think they're going to end up being – he's going to end up being the coach of the year. Uh, for Coach, I'm going to roll with Terry Stotts over there with Portland. Since I have Portland as a top three seed, I I just think that that's, that's what I'm going to have to roll with right there. Man, you stole mine, Ramon. <laughs> All right. I'm with Terry. I'm going Terry Stotts as well. All right. We can move on there. Uh, MV – oh, no, exec of the year. Exec of the year. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I know Los gonna kill us for this, but I think we all collectively gonna agree that Rob Palenka he should have no, got Exec of the year this year, but he's Who? gonna get it this year. Yeah. You said Magic or Rob? I couldn't hear you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, Rob Palenka. What he's done to this roster. What he's done to get us out of the hole we were in. And to lead us to a championship, to gain AD, to then to being able to get cap space, you lose Rondo, but you gain Dennis Schroeder, you get young at that position. I mean, it's it's nothing, it's nothing more you can say. Our drafting continues to be get, to be better when you look at Horton and the step he's taking, playing, scoring thirty points in the preseason. I know it's the preseason, but still, it's just the moves that he has made. It's just it's phenomenal. Nothing to add to that, man. I agree completely with you. <laughs> All right. So now we got the league MVP, man. Who wants to go first? Since y'all say I've been MVP. stealing, I'm going to steal back and let y'all go ahead and go. MVP. And then watch you, watch you still steal the show. <laughs> MVP. No, man. I, I think um, you look at this year, I think you got to go with a player like, oh, uh, you got to go with – this is tough, man. Go ahead, Rob. You take it. <laughs> you take it. I'm trying to still think of my – Okay, I'm going to go ahead and take yeah. it then because I'm already – It ends up being – <laughs> Yeah. 
So I got my league MVP is Dane. I have Portland Trail Blazers. Oh, you stole mine. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Hey, right. I, swear, I swear I was thinking that. I swear I was thinking Now, y'all, I just said I'm going to give y'all the floor, and then, then y'all didn't want to take the floor. Then uh, I take it. Yeah. Then I have Dane, man, for the, for the reasons I have, of course, the Portland Trail Blazers, the top three seed over there in the West. Uh, you look at Dame last year. I mean, Dame averaged 30 points, 8 assists, 4.3 rebounds. Crazy numbers last year, but you look at his bubble numbers of going up to 37.6 points per game, 9.6 assists, 4.3 rebounds. I think, man, Dame is that guy, man. He's elevated himself among the great players, and I think that he has that that killer mentality, that MVP type of mentality. And if they do get that top three seed, as I predicted them to get, I think that he'll grab that MVP. I'm going to go – I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go with Luca. You know, I think I like Luca it. has that it factor, and I think he's going to have to do a lot of the heavy carrying with Persingas being out, but I think he's going to do just that. I think he's going to be in that conversation at the end. He's been that, what, rookie of the year. You know, he's made the All-Star game. That He's made, took his team to the playoffs and won some playoff games. I think that is the next step. You know, you got to look at the NBA and look at the trends of what they do. They look at the next hottest name. Sometimes, you know, a player like LeBron James, players that's already been in that conversation, kind of get the old man conversation. Like, oh, he's had his shot type of thing. We want that new fresh blood up here to get, a, you know, a chance at this MVP. And we've seen that with Giannis. And I'm not discounting Giannis because he's going to be there because of the numbers he put up and the crazy numbers in that team is going to be good. But I think that they're going to look at a player like Luke, especially if he's able to snag a top three seed with that team and, drag that team, you know, with, you know, Prazingis being out. So I'm going to go with uh, Luca. Yeah, I'm going with Dame. I mean, y'all, I gave myself away. <laughs> and y'all know how I feel about Dame, just his, his mentality towards the game. So I don't have much to add on there. I think you covered it well. Um, I, I think that – I think Blazers is going to be up there. They're going to they gonna surprise a lot of people this year. I really do. I really feel like they're going to surprise a lot of people. Man. But I think there it is. There you have it. We covered the scope of the league. We went over the rankings. We hope that you enjoyed it. We appreciate you for listening to us as always. Make sure that you're following us on all underscore benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram, as well as making sure that you subscribe to this podcast if you enjoy it. Uh, we're on Stitcher. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. Wherever you found this podcast at, just share that link with a friend if you can. Um, more merchandise will be sold. We're going to sh- make our sh- first shipment of our first merchandise this week, but more We will be opening up sales again very, very soon. So keep your eye out on that. And as always, we'll see you next time. Later. Later.